0: Good, thank you. Sometimes you spend a lot of time preparing a talk, you know, and then you get here and God speaks, and you think. (laughs) So we do really need to ask God to work through preparation. But when I when I think of the Holy Spirit coming, you know, I know it's amazing how that silly little cartoon can speak so. Clearly. And, and I was just thinking, I wonder what those guys were really doing after Jesus had ascended. They were told to wait. Why? Why, why did they have to wait? Why, did, why didn't Jesus just go up and then the Holy Spirit come down? I wonder what they were doing. I mean, they, did they go back fishing or tax collecting or... Were they just in that room together for all those days? Were they examining themselves, doing as we were talking this morning? You know, Lord, you know, Lord, clean me out, do whatever, you know. What were they doing? And then it happened. And I was thinking, you know, if it, just, just that cartoon showed that whatever it was, it caused a disturbance in the town, didn't it? It wasn't just a nice meeting, and at the end of it, they all filed out. It caused something to happen, where people were, you know, everyone, what's going on? You know, it's, it would be like, you know, suddenly everyone coming out of their houses in Serum Hill saying, what's going on up there? What's going on? What's, what's happening? Something's happening, there's a load of noise. They're disturbing the, my nice Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, with their noisiness, I can—it's hu- drowning out the noise of my lawnmower, and <laughs> and you know, and and then I don't know what they were behaving like, but they thought they were drunk, you know. So they must have been behaving a bit oddly. And um, you know, and you think, oh Lord. And and the other thing is, uh, you know, that that I found that when the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes to people. Who don't really care what they look like. I love, I love you know, King David bringing the, the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And he's taken all his kingly robes off. We're not quite sure what he was wearing. I think he must have been wearing something, you know. But, but he, he'd taken all his kingly robes off and he was just in a simple ephod or whatever they called it. And he was dancing before the Lord, you know. He was just dancing, looking a right twit. He probably wasn't a very good dancer, I don't know. If I was dancing, I'd look a right twit, you know. And then then his wife, Michael Mickle, whatever her name was, she wasn't out there dancing, she was watching it all on the telly. And she was watching him and saying, "What an idiot he looks! He's un- you know—he's a king. He's not meant to be doing that. He's a king." And she said, "Everyone will—that they'll—they'll look down on you, won't they? They'll—they won't think of you as a king anymore. They'll think of you." And he said, "I will be more undignified than this." And he—he—he he, you know, he was and. There's something about the Holy Spirit that says I need to be undignified. It's when you are willing to lay down your British stiff upper lip, or your American whatever it is, (laughs) and when you lay down your intellect, right, and your great wisdom, and you just become saying, okay, Lord, whatever it is, you know, take it on. That God starts to move. But, um, but I think God's doing something with us at the moment. I think, I think we're on a journey. And I hope we're going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, so let's, uh, this, this day we celebrate the birth of the, of the church. But let it be a day that we can mark that God is taking us on a journey. Are you willing to be more undignified than this? Maybe maybe when we sing a song where we say, um, as we did this morning, I will dance, I will will dance, what was it? I I can't remember, Blessing. I will dance forevermore. forevermore. (laughs) I didn't see anybody dancing, including me but I will dance forevermore. Perhaps we, you know, when we we'll get dancing, we'll, we'll all be, uh, be great. A few flag wavings and all that. Anyway, so let me ask a question. Why are you here today? Right. Well, yeah. all right, it's rhetorical. I'm not asking you to put your hand up and say why you're here, but I wonder why you are here today. Come to church. It, you like the people? Perhaps it's you feel welcome. Hope so. Yeah, yeah. Your children enjoy the kids' work. You want some good Bible teaching. I'm sorry about that one. <laughs> you feel the need to go to church on a Sunday, and this one's as good as any other. What what are you here for? Are you here as a spectator? To watch. Oh, That's was boring this morning. Yeah, old Taylor was preaching. It's all right, but it's a bit boring. Um, you know, uh, I, didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like that song. I didn't like, You see, the thing is, it's spectators. People who spectate, they're the ones who get bored and they're the ones who criticise. Participators, they don't get bored. They don't criticise because they're there to to do what they can. Whatever it is, they want to do it to make the place better. We want to be a church of participators. Now, this may not be the greatest church in the world. It just happens to be my church. Yeah, and yours. Not that it belongs to me, it's the church that I to which I belong. This is where God's called me. And it is my aim and task to do what I can within this church to to glorify God and advance the kingdom. I may not be doing a very good job, but I'm doing what I can. And I'm not bored. And I'm not critical. I'm critical of Chelsea football team. <laughs> I can hardly watch them at the moment, and I can te- I, I'll criticise them, but I don't criticise this church because I'm a participator in this church. Oh dear! I've just got past the first line. Okay. Jane, would you come and? Uh, Read a passage for me, please. This is the text, but Jane is going to read just the bit before it.
1: Isaiah fifty-six verses 1, sorry, 58, verses 1 to 6. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have they fasted, they say, and have you not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord?
0: Thank you very much. See, in that passage the, of Isaiah, Isaiah, this was just before the exile, just before the people were going to be taken into exile. And they had an outward sign of holiness, piety. They even believed it themselves. They were, um, they fasted. By the way, this has nothing to do with food. We're not talking about food today. They fasted, they prayed, they did all the good things. Maybe they tithed every day, they went to church every week. And yet, underneath that, they'd go out and they'd oppress the weak and they, they, they would abuse their slaves. They would be ungodly. Outwardly, they look good. Inwardly, they're exploiting their employees, quarrelling, fighting amongst themselves. Then they ask, Why are you not answering our prayers, Lord? Holy Spirit, please come. Because it's about what's in here, not what's outside. Okay? What's in here, not what's outside. Holy Spirit, come um, Honora, could you come up and read the actual passage that we're meant to be?: Thank you.
2: Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free? And break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls restorer of streets with dwellings thank you Honour.
0: so this is the passage this is the fasting that god wants there, there is a place for fasting please don't say that for, don't don't get the idea that we we shouldn't fast there's a time for fasting but God is saying this is this this is more than a religious view. I, I'm probably on dangerous ground here, but I sometimes think that um, one of the reasons that Islam is so is, is such a good religion for modern days is because it lays out everything that you've got to do. Your prayers, your fast, your giving to the poor. Ramadan, all that, um, it's, it, it lays it all out for you. As long as you do it, you're okay, right? This is calling for something more. It's not calling for that. It's calling for change of heart and mind, right? And um, so is this not the kind of fast I've chosen? Loosing the chains of injustice going out of your way to to help, help the poor? Is it not to share your food with the hungry? Provide the poor wanderer with shelter, homeless. Provide the homeless with somewhere to sleep, to give food to those in need, to help people, give clothes, not to turn away from your own people. That's fasting, that's religion. Paul, Paul says later, if you want to be religious, this is the way you should be religious, to look after the widows and the fatherless, the homeless, the weak, those who've got no influence, those who won't give you a leg up. You know. Now, now read these now read these things. If, if, I'd like to highlight that. What will happen when you start to do those things? It says, your light, I mean this is poetry, isn't it? But let's enjoy it. Your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I I fancy a bit of that. You will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help. And he will say, here am I. This is, this is where the inside is coming out. And God is responding to it. Now, he's, I don't, think he don't get the impression that if I do these things nicely, God's going to bless me and I'm going to win the lottery. And so He's not saying that at all. What he's saying is, you are gonna be a light into the world. When people look at your lives, they're gonna be, they're gonna see God. They're gonna see a light, they're gonna see because God is gonna shine out through you. It's not, you don't do these things so God's gonna bless you and make your life good. You do these things so that through you, God can shine out into the world. Amazing. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, the pointing finger, and malicious talk. (laughs) Malicious talk, beware of malicious talk in the church. If you give yourself to the hungry and the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. In Philippians, Paul says, you'll shine like stars in a, a, a wicked and a perverse generation. Your night will become like the noonday. Amazing, isn't it? This is what God wants for you and for me. The the Lord will guide you always, He will satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land. He'll give us everything we need. He promised that. That's Sermon on the Mount. Don't worry about what you wear. Things like that. The Lord. God's not going to just. Use us. If we put ourselves in God's hands, He'll say, so, I'll give you everything you need. Life's not going to be easy, but he'll give us everything we need. It'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And then this last passage, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will ri- raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. You know, when I was reading that, I felt this is prophetic. This this last paragraph, I believe, is prophetic for somebody here. All right? Now, I happened to be in the car this morning with somebody who felt that had been prophetic in her life. (laughs) But... I believe this is prophetic for somebody here. You'll rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the age-old foundations. You'll be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. Amazing. Okay. Coming on to a little more practical so, so that we... Um, Oh no, th- I've, I've got this before. If we, uh, if we look at this, if we look at Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, uh, we've got, uh, we've got, I'm um, just trying to find my, my scriptures here actually, can't find them, hold on. Yeah. It says for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it's a gift from God, not by works that any man may boast. We need faith. We can't do it by works. But then we get then we get this other one in James that says this is this is not the whole scripture. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Show me your faith without your deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions We're working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. We're not saved by good works. We're saved for good works. And if we come to church and say, you know, great, wonderful, but we don't, that's not working out in our lives. There's there's probably something wrong with our faith. True faith will bring forth works. But even that's not absolutely good enough. If we go to 1 Corinthians 13, and you know this passage well, if you've been to a wedding, if you've been to a hundred weddings, you've heard it at least a hundred times. If I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship but do not have love, I gain nothing. So we need to pursue this sort of trinity. Faith and works holding together, bounded together by love. So now we just get on to the practicals because what does that mean for Hope Community Church today, 21st century UK. So I've just got a few things I wanted to throw up because you know if if we are, are we a church of participants or are we a church of spectators? Well, when I look over the faces here, there are some amazing participants who give so much. But I just wanted to give you some practicalities here. Um, First of all, there's the in-house stuff that makes this church tick. There's Hope Kids and Hope Youth. They're, they're, they're working now. They are, th- those who are doing Hope Kids, they are missing this amazing sermon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we suddenly got volunteers. Right, okay. Okay. Um, but, but there's, there's things that to make this church work. There are so many things. Hope kids, hope youth. Catering. There are, there are the ladies now. They're, they're just walking out from my sermon. So I can make the coffee for you. The audio, vis- audio visual team sitting there. They're, they're here. Worship team. People who come and put the chairs out. People who just care pastorally for one another. You know. That's what makes this church tick, right? Are you are you part of any of that? If you want to be, next week I think we're welcoming in some people who are coming into becoming part of the church. Is it next week? Yeah, number of people who've been coming here for some time want to be part of it. Being part of this church doesn't mean just sitting here on a Sunday, does it? It means giving yourself, giving yourself to to the community. Then there's slightly wider things like. Uh, Bouncing Beans, English Cafe. These are things that that this church is working out into into the community from Hope Community Church, Hope specific. I've put, um, we've got English Cafe Dwelling Place. Uh, We've got Food Bank, Bouncing Beans. This one one here is Community Food Link. We're, We're not actually doing it, but I believe that we're considering doing it as well as the food bank. Community Food Link, it's a great one because they do fresh food. They get food from the supermarkets and they, they take it out and you distribute it. So we're, we're thinking about that. But these are very specific. But then if you, if you want to go out into the wider uh, ch- wider c- church community of this town, there's a whole host of things now that, um, that, that churches are doing together across the churches, and I'm not going to go into all, all those because there's just so many of them that it's uh, it would just take too long. But um, these are some of the things that, you know, you can be involved in. By the way, Night Light Winter Shelter, we are doing a night shelter next winter, all right? And do you, know, do you know, most of the homeless sort of organisations Don't think that night shelters are the thing. But our council has so loved the night shelters that the churches have put on. They want us to do it. Please will you put a night shelter on. So if you want to, please, if you want to be involved in that, please do. In fact, if you want to be involved in helping to run it, please, please come and talk about it. Wonderful. Debt counselling... General counselling, the chaplaincy goes in around the shopping centre for the the staff, street pastors at night. I did that for 12 years. 13 years I don't do it anymore. I feel a bit bad about that, but, you know. Uh, Welcome Basingstoke, that's part of what uh, Jill and others do in welcoming refugees and, and asylum seekers into our town. Teaching them English and so on. Loads of things here that we can be involved in. We we're not here to sit sit and just enjoy the music. We're here to participate. There was a, a song. I was saying to Gary, I threatened to sing it. I won't sing it. There's a there's a song we used to sing quite often, um, and. Um, It goes, the, the words, the, it's got three verses. The, ver, the, the verses go like this. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. Right? The greatest thing is knowing God. Knowing God. If I hadn't spent some time at the beginning, I had another little passage about Moses and how he, he, he went from being just being God's instrument to help the people and lead the people to be, and, and he went to God because he needed God's help for the people to being a man who said show me your ways teach me your ways teach me your ways he wanted God because he just wanted God not just God to do everything he needed for the sake of you know to, to get on with his life he, he he came to a place where he wanted to know God for God's own sake. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. Next verse is The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. And the third verse, the greatest thing in all my life is serving you. We find our place in serving the Lord. And when we do, we move from being spectators to participators. Father, we just thank you on this day, the birthday of the church, we call it. The day that the Holy Spirit took a disparate group of men and women, weak, fearful, cowardly, self-seeking, full of their own importance, ambition, and turn them to those who would lay down their lives. And most of them did. Took that guy, Peter, from the, the guy who was, was not even too willing to admit that he was a follower of Jesus to a man who stood up in front of thousands of people and proclaimed the word of God, thrown in prison as a result. Lord, we we just pray that you might transform every one of us, the weak, the weak, the tired, what have I got to give? And you'll turn us, Lord, into people who can take out the kingdom of God and change this town. We just pray, that, Lord, as we do so of these coming days and weeks, that we will see your Holy Spirit coming in amazing ways. That Father, um, that uh, we would just be shocked at how undignified we can be.